Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Muddling Through. I'm Antonia. And I'm Charlotte. And we are two besties living in Glasgow. We're currently in our fifth year of studying law. We did our undergrad at Aberdeen and we just couldn't stay away from each other. So we had to move down to Glasgow together despite absolutely nothing Nothing being open. We (laughs) just stay inside our flat. We could be in any city. (laughs) Any city, anywhere. We've literally lived here for like seven months and been to, I think, (laughs) one bar. It's really depressing. But you know, COVID times, it's fine. Um, But yeah, so we just thought we'd do a wee podcast because there's not too much else going on in the world at the moment and we've been thinking about it for a while. And yeah, we chat a lot of shit. We thought we could chat a lot of shit together with you guys. We do sometimes speak about interesting stuff we and like we to think, think so anyway well we like to think so yeah and we just think that a lot of the stuff that we talk about is quite relatable so yeah yeah so basically we chose the name muddling through because that is one of the terms that we've coined that we say to each other all the time all the time <laughs> that we can muddle through any problem you know that and um grit and grind grit and other grind. other favorite um you just gotta muddle through <laughs> and then grit and grind and you're just on top <laughs> <laughs> right that was not meant to sound raunchy grit and grind's Why, just oh like work hard you know play hard oh, <laughs> i'm making this worse, worse. okay just be quiet now um so basically we want to kind of cover some of the usual you know trials and tribulations of life and how we think best they can be dealt with and provide some useful tips on how to deal with them and maybe some relatable stories too so that you know that you are not on your own. No, you're absolutely not. So today we actually thought we'd speak a wee bit about comparisons, comparing yourself to others and imposter syndrome. I had never really heard of this before but um, Antonia's a whiz on imposter syndrome so... I am an expert. (laughs) An expert so we're going to hear a little bit about that from her. And yeah, we just really hope you guys enjoy. So yeah, woo! Okay, so the first thing we're wanting to speak about today is comparing yourself and the impacts of comparing yourself. Everyone does it. It's part of human nature. And you know, Antonia, do you do it? Do you compare yourself to other people? Yeah, I do it all the time as well. And I just feel like it's something that's really relatable and it's something that kind of people speak about, but you don't really understand the impacts of like mm-hmm. when you compare yourself. Like you need to be careful because sometimes comparing yourself can be can be good for you because I suppose if you're going to compare... Like motivation. Yeah, motivation. So say you play a sport and you are playing against someone that's like a wee bit better than mm-hmm. you and you're going to learn like from that. Like you to me at tennis. <laughs> that's not true. We basically started playing <laughs> tennis recently and to put it plainly, we were both shit but um, I'm not but my grandpa always used to say to me actually if you ever want to get better at tennis play with someone who's better than me no (laughs) she's just undermining herself now see she's comparing herself to me guys okay she's comparing herself um yeah basically you just need to be careful on how you kind of use comparing yourself you don't want to fall into the comparison trap you know the comparison trap is kind of just believing that the grass is greener on the other side the grass is not greener on the other side the grass is greener where you water it guys okay that is charlotte's favorite this is my motto i absolutely love that but yeah it's kind of just a misconception and just Comparing yourself fuels you to feel jealous, envious. You end up kind of resenting yourself and actually the other person that you're comparing yourself as well to. Yeah, and you also never understand the other side properly either. No, no, you don't. Um, But yeah, so we basically just thought we we both do it. So why not have a wee chat about kind of the, the things that young people compare themselves about and kind of ways just to combat it. So yeah, we're going to speak about kind of 
firstly one of the big things at the moment I'm 20 we're, well we're both 22 so we're kind of coming out of uni trying to find jobs um, and for example so Antonia has a job lined up for when we finish uni starting in is it September or October? October I October. forget it's October I actually also always forget and I've probably asked you about 50 <laughs> times um, yeah and basically I'm obviously at the moment really really jealous of her because I don't have anything set up and at the same time I suppose she's kind of more jealous of me because I have a bit yeah. more freedom the flip side is that you okay notwithstanding the fact that we are in the middle of a global pandemic yes <laughs> have the opportunity to travel now yeah and do all these amazing experiences before you then settle down and get a serious job yeah. whereas I kind of feel like I'm freaking out as grateful as I am that I am a way to be shoved into shoved okay that's the wrong word. <laughs> i'm shoved into I this job for the job i wanted the job um but i'm way to be starting my big boy adult big boy job yeah, yeah. big gal like big gal job yeah and that's like a big thing um and i'm kind of like well i feel like you've done it in a way which means that you have a bit more flexibility and you kind of get to extend your fun years and yeah a way to have a salary well, well that's the thing it's like exactly what she's just said she's just 21 days holiday <laughs> the 21 days holiday does anybody else think that's really really maybe low? it's 28 i think it yeah i think it might be 28 it's not enough. but even still that's just really really not enough like imagine if you want to go traveling for a month i don't even think you could do that no i'd have to take like annual leave whole, well i'd be able to take like three weeks holiday oh that would not that would be okay be no yeah. time for holidays at christmas no. oh no thank you um but yeah see exactly so she's jealous of me having free holidays and i'm jealous of her having a job like that's just kind of the way it works you can't mm-hmm. not you can't have what you won't get what's the saying can't have your cake and eat it too you can't have your cake and eat it too <laughs> but yeah and then we were kind of discussing the other day that actually there's a lot of people that kind of compare their jobs to other people's jobs so for example mm-hmm. say somebody that works in an office and they're like really dead stressed working in office all the time and they look at someone working in like a cafe for example mm. and they're like oh I wish I like worked in a cafe and I had like got to speak to people all day and like I I don't know had nice coffee at hand for example yeah. whereas the people in the cafe are running around like headless chickens thinking oh my gosh I just wish I had it like a settled like you only see what's job. on the outside yeah you totally like, you see, see what you're supposed outside. to see you always want what you can't have that's that just mm-hmm. quote that Yo, okay. <laughs> sorry that was really annoying <laughs> um but yeah it's kind of just putting everything putting everything in perspective i feel like that's especially something that we've learned like within the last year as well is to just kind of yeah realize to be happy with what you do have and you know you can you can change things do you think like, you compare yourself to a lot of people i i would say so yeah like, i feel like actually as in people you know or social media people Probably more people that I know, actually. Who else do you compare yourself to? Well, I think... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, like, just, yeah, I'm just different on my friends or, like... I feel like I it's kind what? of, like, different aspects of friends that you compare yourself to. Like, there'll be one who you're like, oh, I wish I did as much exercise as this person. Oh, yeah. I wish I was, like, as smart as this person or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you, you yeah. almost, like, cherry-pick the qualities that you want from someone. Oh, 100%. And they don't have the other qualities, so that's just so silly. But yeah, I mean, there is obviously going to be some people on like social media, for example, that I'm like, wow, I just wish Mm-hmm. I was them. Shout out to Emma Louise Connolly. I you are obsessed with Emma Louise Connolly. Oh, Connolly. <laughs> Connolly? Is that her? It's Connolly. Co- yeah. Col- Colony. Oh, what no, is it? Connolly. Connolly. It is Connolly. Ignore me, sorry. Um, do you even like <laughs> oh, I do, I do. She's actually, her last name's now Proud Lock, so it's fine. It is. Um, if you watch me and Chelsea, then shout out. If you don't, then you probably don't understand what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, basically, just 
don't be too jealous of other people in different situations to do with jobs because you don't know their circumstances exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you want something, you will get something eventually. And your time will come. Your time will come. Um, but yeah, and then we kind of just also wanted to briefly touch on kind of relationships, houses and babies. We're kind of at that age now. I feel like the, your 20s is like something that people always talk about. You have a friend who's still at uni. You have a friend who's married. You have a friend who has four kids. Yeah. And that is... Crazy. You're either like going and doing like a season in Ibiza or you're buying a house and getting adoption. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like, yeah, basically, we kind of just wanted to say as well don't compare yourself to your mates who, for example, putting deposits down on houses. You might not be at that stage yet. And that is completely fine if you live with your parents until you're, I don't know, 40. But that's fine. This is just the way that it works, you know? Do you have any friends that are wanting to buy? now um i feel like i've got a lot i feel like you have a lot and i have less yeah um i feel like my friends like maybe think about it but none that are I guess actually none of actively your, yeah. not many of them it. are in long-term relationships that's another thing like if i were to compare my friendship group with your friendship group like a lot of my friends are in like long-term yeah. relationships and a lot of yours aren't and I think that sometimes in my friendship group the ones that aren't in relationships are like oh my god like why am I not in a relationship oh yeah but and if th- they were in your friendship group because of the people that they're surrounded well, like, by they wouldn't feel like that yeah 100% well it's just a different I suppose like <laughs> shout out to Louis sorry but <laughs> I, like at one point I have like a long-term boyfriend we've been together for almost five years and then probably at some point I've been like oh my gosh all my friends are single like this is yeah. so weird I can't believe like I'm yeah. the only one in a relationship and like you don't want to be like left out and then I'm comparing myself to them like oh my gosh they're single like they're going out every weekend and I'm like well no like I'm happy with what That's not I what have you want. but yeah. like it is so hard not to just compare yourself yeah and then the final kind of thing we wanted to touch on just with regards to comparing yourself to other people is don't compare yourself to other people on looks like it's not good for your mental health I know it's obviously so much easier said than done I definitely do it do you do it oh yeah and I feel like if you look at the statistics of younger people and mental health issues and things like that from social media comparisons what is yeah. that what's that documentary that I asked you if you'd watch the one about social media and how it's like fucking up everyone's lives and how even the creators of social media don't let their kids use social media. Oh, I don't know what it's called, but we can figure oh, that out for the really next podcast. <laughs> Maybe insert it in just because. I feel like that was really hard hitting as well. And it kind of... That's crazy, really. The people that like create yes, social media don't yes. let their kids... So the, basically the documentary, um, sorry, side note, interviews loads of people who were involved with like Pinterest and Facebook. And I like love the guy Pinterest. who, for example, created the like button. And he talks about how... He just thought it was like a full, cool, fun, interactive way to engage with your friends. He didn't think that it was going to become a thing, which like is like... you have to get 100 like likes. Like a currency, yeah. Oh, it's funny that, yeah. isn't it? Uh-huh. And he's like, I wish that we hadn't done, done that. that. And most This is them... coming from the creator of the like mm-hmm. button. Mm-hmm. And they're crazy. talking about how even they get addicted to social media, so that's why they limit their use or and they limit their kids' use and things like that. But it has a section about this girl who... Basically, she uploads a photo, like a selfie, and mm-hmm. she doesn't get that many likes, and then she just deletes it immediately. We've all been there. Oh, we have guys, all been there. You put I a photo on Instagram so and you're refreshing it and you're refreshing it also, and you're refreshing it and you're like, side oh my note, God, oh my but God, do you remember do when Instagram was like new and you used to get like probably about 10 likes on your picture and be yeah. absolutely buzzing? Yeah. No, you know what it used to be when it used to change? To, was it 11 or was it 14? It used to say. It used to say like names, and then it would suddenly yes, change and to then it would number. change to a number. Yeah. Oh, and if they were the time to be alive, if you 
cross that threshold yeah. into the number you were you fine. got 11 likes you were absolutely balling yeah it was 11 wasn't it yeah um so basically she has a pure freak out and then she deletes it as we have probably many of us have done i've certainly done that and then she takes another one with this um selfie filter which distorts her face and turns it into this kind of like unrealistic body unrealistic image. body image and she uploads it and it, like she gets so many likes and so many comments being like oh my god like you look amazing blah 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 and that's not her yeah and that's not her that's crazy uh-huh that and crazy. I, I was just like i definitely probably um a culprit of using those instagram filters but not often no. definitely had times when i thought to myself wow i look good with my lips done it's a lot easier to just like flick on it and be like oh wow it looks so much better with this filter on maybe mm-hmm. i'll just post a wee story in this like, and isn't it the worst when you're trying on all the different filters and you're like i am stunning i, I am stunning. stunning and, and then, then you click off <laughs> oh it's so <laughs> embarrassing i feel like we do that all the time when we're taking them together and then we come off it and we're like oh. ah we look so <laughs> horrific it's not a good time um but yeah kind of we just wanted to say don't mm-hmm. compare yourself to your tall friends same with your short friends if you're tall if you have big hips you have big hips probably gen- genetically oh my gosh genetically that's just, just the way it is it is just and the that's way it fine. is and that is okay um but yeah and then we kind of wanted to just have a wee chat about ways to not compare yourself to others it's not necessarily not comparing yourself but just ways of coping with it i guess combating it combating it that's the right word thank you very much um yeah so first thing practice gratitude okay a few of my friends have gratitude journals but you know you don't need a journal you could literally use the notes page on your phone or whatever um and yeah just kind of make it a habit write down maybe three things a day I mean it doesn't have to be every day it could be a week that you are grateful for so you're kind of focusing on what you do have rather than what you don't have I'm not gonna lie I actually don't do this but I really want to implement it into my life especially Mm -hmm. after speaking to people that have really found it really really helpful I feel like it's becoming a lot more common yeah I think so I have heard a lot of people kind of maybe it's more so on social media and YouTube and things but you actually know people that do it oh yeah I do know people that Mm -hmm. properly do it and I just think they always say it's it's really good for your Mm -hmm. mental health and I suppose when you're writing about it you're like like oh I'm actually so grateful Mm -hmm. that I have that and it could be anything it could be like oh I'm really grateful for having a coffee mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning or it could be I'm really really grateful for my family or my friends or whatever and it just makes you focus on on that rather than thinking oh yeah. like they have like such a nice family that I don't know, Do you know it what makes I mean? you think about what you have in lockdown actually when me and Sean were staying together I went we went through a phase for like a month I would ask him every single day what are you grateful for today oh that's and lovely. it was actually really nice that's really nice to and know I do that. feel like we had like such a we positive vibe after that's it. so nice and, it would, and obviously during lockdown we were literally weren't doing anything so it'd be like oh the sun yeah. or oh this dinner that you've just I feel made. like that would have been a good one to implement in the lockdown as yeah. well I wish I'd done that earlier mm-hmm. so yeah so that's one practice gratitude second one get off social media okay social media is good we all use it I'm not saying don't use social media but if you're feeling a bit shit if you're feeling a bit low because you've seen something on social media that's made you think oh like I'm comparing myself to them like oh my god she's so skinny she looks so pretty she's gone out she has loads of friends get off like just leave your phone at home go for a walk that's not gonna be so good to listen to this podcast take your phone don't go on social media listen <laughs> to this podcast <laughs> literally um yeah and then my third thing of how not to compare yourself to others is celebrate other people I could not scream this one loud enough honestly like if you're constantly comparing yourself to others you're not going to feel happy for them when Mm -hmm. 
they do something that's great and they've been working so hard to get there so like just support your mates support people you don't even really know like support small businesses you know don't compare like for example like when Antonia got a job and then I don't have one I'm not gonna be like oh my god like I'm so happy for you but like in a fake way like I was genuinely so happy for you and that's like so nice and also you have to remember if you're not happy for other people when they're in their kind of triumphs and no one's gonna be happy for you when it comes to your turn as well can you You can tell when When it's genuinely happy for you I think just support people guys if you can if you can celebrate other people then they'll celebrate you and that's not what it's about happy vibes good vibes happy vibes happy vibes all around um yeah and then the last wee one that I'm gonna speak about is learn to compete with yourself not other people okay so focus on your own goals look at where you are now compared to where you're at a year ago two years ago five years ago whatever don't chase other people chase yourself in a year's time like you're your own person you know mm. you don't like you don't want to become a duplicate of yeah of someone else anyway mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so yeah i would basically just say yeah just see look at where you are now compared to where you were and no like even like this back to gratitude again note down all the things that you've done in the last year and then you'll see how far you've come and then like it just moves on like that and i just think yeah chase yourself don't chase other people but yeah also this is kind of my main thing to take away from this week's segment is you're not losing because someone else is winning it's so true so true win yourself guys That's so true yeah you've got your own time you've got your own time exactly um but yeah, so that kind of concludes our section on comparing yourself. And now we're going to move over to imposter syndrome. Okay, so I really don't know anything about imposter syndrome. I feel like Antonia is the expert, so she is going to take us through it. So take it away, Antonia. I really wish I was not an expert in this <laughs> Well, I, like, now situation. that you've explained it to me, yeah. I think I'm an expert yeah, and I think it's something that a lot of people but, will experience but don't know yeah, the what it term is. for it. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't know, um, imposter syndrome is the name for a feeling of severe inadequacy and self-doubt, um, which basically leaves people fearing that they'll be exposed as a fraud, so usually in their workplace, um, and it can affect anyone regardless of their success. The point is that um, even if you're doing well and you're achieving things and you're getting good grades and like you get the job that you want like you always feel that they're going to find out that they've like hired the wrong person or you got your grades as like a fluke or it's because you chose an easy course. I feel course. like this is so relatable to so many people. I remember speaking to my sister about it, it's her that told me about it um, initially and it was when we were applying for um, jobs, internships oh. I think initially and I was just in such a state and I was like I am never going to get a job like I am never going to get a tra- an internship, let alone a traineeship, and just, like, freaking out. I should really have been the one freaking out. <laughs> I didn't even know the traineeship things were open. I was at home, chilling, doing nothing. I should not be admitting that on a podcast, but we're just living. <laughs> um, and she was basically giving me this like, huge pep talk as a wonderful sister that she is. And she was talking to me about imposter syndrome. I know, and this is something that she really like deals with as well she definitely suffers from imposter syndrome as well um and she has like sent me ted talks and things um about it and i was kind of doing some reading on it because i've looked for podcasts and things that discuss it i always search it in spotify but nothing really comes up yeah and she sent me this paper and i read it it's called um the imposter phenomenon (laughs) isn't that just the most hard word to say phenomenon (laughs) <laughs> do, 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 do. phenomenon <laughs> the imposter phenomenon 
in high achieving women dynamics and therapeutic intervention right so it's by these two doctors pauline rose clance and suzanne imez and i was just I was just very engaged. <laughs> Blown like, this away. This is so interesting. So they, over five years, conducted a study with over 150 high-achieving women. So whether it is um, professionals, PhDs, students, um, literally across a wide spectrum. Um, and they found that despite their honours or high achievements um, on standardised tests or recognition from their colleagues, um, promotions, etc., that they still consider themselves to be imposters. So, for example, the students would kind of fantasise about them mistakenly getting like admitted to their dream university because someone's made a mistake or they've got good grades on their test because of like a fluke mm-hmm. and that someone's going like, to eventually find out that they're not supposed to be there. Um, and what is never the reason for them achieving things is it's never their ability yeah it's always it's always something else so for example it writes about how there was one woman with two masters and a phd and numerous publications to her credit who considered herself unqualified to teach a college class in her field like how could that be when you have so two masters and a phd yeah she doesn't think she can teach yeah and i actually like I've thought this myself about it being a female rather than a male thing. Yeah. N- now, I'm not saying that no males feel this way or suffer from imposter syndrome, but see, like, going to interviews and things like that, I would always ask my boyfriend after how it went. And the way that I would analyse my interviews was just so different. Like, I feel like he would be able to take a really reasonable and rational overview of his performance in the interview and kind of look at it from a logical perspective. Whereas I feel like I would be really... Meticulous. Yeah, like everything, I would overthink everything. And I'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Like, they're going to think I'm stupid. And like all this stuff kind of always goes through my head. And it is, it is exactly what you said. It is, me and Antonia both have this, the actual fear of people thinking you're stupid. That is, that is our worst thing. And that's why when we sit in our Zoom tutorials, like we're literally pure, having a freak out speaking because yeah. I'm like oh my god like I've just yeah. said that on our course we have to do quite a lot of like speaking assessments or just speaking in class and stuff and every single week we have an absolute freak out that we might look stupid in front of our classmates mm-hmm. and to be honest on zoom stuff n- nobody's even listening I know and I feel like it's so debilitating because I'm so paranoid about people thinking that I am like dumb that I literally can't think straight about the actual yeah. thing and then I just and then sometimes you actually end up sounding yeah. dumb <laughs> and the thing is like I'm if, not dumb <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> if you get something wrong like no one is going to be sitting there thinking oh, no like, that's the thing stupid. nobody's going to be like oh haha she's an idiot yeah I was always speak Sean about like tutorial zooms and stuff like that and he just like doesn't care and he's really laid back mm-hmm. but I'm like is this a a female, a female thing. thing and a male thing or is it a individual thing and then you know how I said um we had this kind of feedback with our tutors um, one-on-one and I was talking to her um, about um, my submissions, so like legal speeches basically. <laughs> so <Sounds> fun. cool. <laughs> um, and she was telling me that I speak too fast and that is something that I know. But I was like, I don't Retweet, know. Retweet, <laughs> I also speak way too fast. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you can tell, but I shake through my whole submissions. Like I'm really nervous. I usually can't breathe properly because I'm like, speaking and it, my breath gets so high in my chest that I yeah. and I never ex- exhale it yeah 
Um, and then it makes you speak faster yeah, somehow. Yeah, it's not a good combination. And Which is hilarious because we're speaking about speaking too fast and just not being able to do any form of public speaking and here we are making a podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a lot more relaxed, so it's fine. I'm hoping this is going to help. <laughs> <laughs> this will help. This will improve our public speaking skills. So. Um, and she was talking about how you kind of never lose that aspect of overthinking and getting nervous but you just learn how to deal with it so she was giving me tips and things like that but I'm not going to get into that and she made kind of like a side comment about the fact that she thought it it affected much more female solicitors and male solicitors that's interesting she was like you just don't get as many men coming out overthinking everything she was like I would go back and overplay my whole submission and like analyze the whole thing overthink it like just all that and she didn't really see that reflected in her male colleagues Interesting. but in this paper it says um so the question as to whether men experience imposter syndrome is often raised um and the authors noted in response that in their clinical experience they found that um imposter syndrome occurs occurs with much less frequency in men and that when it does occur it is with much less intensity so they further state that where they have seen the um, imposter syndrome in men, it usually appears in men who are more in touch with their feminine qualities oh how interesting and it is a gender thing and it's really interesting because I had never actually fully I am learning so much today. I right? feel like I didn't really know very much about imposter syndrome, but I also didn't realise it was more of a female thing. So this yeah. is actually So I was literally like reading it all and I was like, Oh my god, this is this is just so interesting. <laughs> um, so it found that um men usually tend to attribute their own success to an inherent quality, so their intelligence typically and women are more likely to project the cause of success outward to an external cause so luck or an a temporary internal quality so effort so it is never ability it is always i work so hard i actually feel that and that's why i got it yeah which is what we say all the time which is true but do you not think that other people also work hard yeah it's actually probably because you work hard and you're smart yeah like why why can it not be both Okay, so for example, like applying that logic to like you and Sean's kind of situation then, obviously you guys have the same job role at the same like place. Is there a specific reason why you thought you both got it? Like, is there any differences, if you know what I mean? Um, It's funny that you've asked me that actually, because there's always been this niggling thing in the back of my head that um, during my interview, we were talking about cooking or something and I have a Peruvian cousin and I was saying that I really like Peruvian cooking and she actually works at the firm that I was applying for. Um, so essentially, I basically ended up saying that, and it therefore was a name drop, which I really actually hadn't intended to do. And also, realistically, like, it wasn't a name drop. She's not on the hiring committee. Like, she's, like, not in, like, a super high position yet. Like, she doesn't have any charge over who gets hired yeah but to me it was really like frustrating that I had said that because then afterwards I was like okay that's obviously played a part in the reason as to why I got the job that's crazy that you'd think that as well I've actually also had a job interview at the same place and um I actually basically name dropped Antonia and her boyfriend Sean (laughs) and um her cousin Moira (laughs) into my interview I like a good name drop and they had like no idea that you were even cousins at least like the people that I spoke to anyway so it's mental that you like obviously see that as maybe like a factor as to why you got hired which is just ridiculous so annoying because I know if I look at it logically that 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 isn't why Um, not at all but then I also feel like we had like quite a fun interview and they said that it was like funny and I was like okay that's nice that we got along really well but I'm worried that they 
going to take me into the workplace and I'm not actually going to be academically equipped to what, do the you role. Thought I'm that just going to be like fun to work beside. You thought that they hired you because you were fun. That's well, I was like, well, okay. Of course you are fun. The but... two reasons are I was funny and my cousin works at the farm. That's crazy. But anyway, and then obviously Sean had an interview which was like obviously went really well but there weren't really any parallels between the two he doesn't know anyone at the firm like I don't think their interview was funny (laughs) um so that's always kind of been like a bit of a a niggly thing in the back of my head but that's like my own issue yeah so basically you thought you got it because you were fun and you think he got it because he was like more intelligent (laughs) yes it's crazy how your brain works isn't it this really is imposter syndrome to a (laughs) T Um, so basically the paper then went on to talk about um, why this happens and it found, which was what I found really interesting, is that imposters typically fall into two categories. So the first one is women who have a sibling or close relative who have been designated as the intelligent member of the family. Okay. What? So um, the other siblings or sibling will usually be described as the sensitive one or like the sociable one and um, the implication being that they can never be as bright as their sibling no matter what they it's go on to achieve it's actually ridiculous that isn't it yeah so one part kind of believes the myth and the other part kind of wants to pre- prove them wrong but then you're kind of caught in this crossfire between like am i just sociable and not capable of kind of achieving these high standards yeah. or am i capable and am i going to pre- um prove them wrong i think that i think that's my category do you think yeah yeah, because I would say that I have three older sisters. You would say that you have three older sisters. I do have three sisters. older sisters, and they are all very intelligent. And I feel like I was always the younger one who would like go out a lot. Young, and wild, and sociable, fun. and enjoy doing makeup. And that was my role. And that's why, really? like, yeah, because when I, I didn't know what I wanted to do for so long, and I didn't really care about my exams and stuff at yeah. school. Yeah. And then when I told my family that I wanted to do law. It was a bit of a, I think, a shock. And they were kind of a bit like, like, that wasn't my role. role. Yeah. And I feel like since then, I've had to, I feel like I've been proving myself. Yeah. The second category um, portrays a different family dynamic. So this one, um, the family conveys to the girl that she is superior in every way. So in intellect, personality, appearance and talents. Um, so she's frequently told that she's super high achieving. Um, as a child, maybe she walked really early or she read really early and then from then she feels like she has to kind of keep being this high achiever this is me i'm I'm joking (laughs) this is is not me this is not me i was joking you said that you are you're like the designated high achiever yeah but i was i didn't used to be i guys i got three a's in sixth year and my family thought i was the absolute bee's knees well that is class and basically then you feel like you have to reach this high bar all the time and as soon as you maybe fall below that high bar you're like okay maybe I'm not as smart as they think I am like I'm not this person that they think I am like I'm an imposter basically and everyone's going to find out that I'm not fulfilling their expectations my role yeah and it gets kind of debilitating because you're so paranoid that everyone thinks that's going to find out that you're not as smart as they think you are I actually think that might be me Uh, yeah I think I'm category one and you're category two this works out well then for this section Mm mm-hmm not saying I'm a really high achiever, guys, but you know what I mean. See, look, I'm being an imposter again. <laughs> I am a high achiever. <laughs> I am smart, okay? <laughs> Another interesting point that the paper noted was that there's also societal reasons why women don't want to be seen as high achievers. Um, so Margaret Mead in a 1949 paper um, said that 
successful or independent women are viewed as hostile and a destructive force within society. Do you know what? I've seen that in movies and stuff as well. Every woman that's like successful, to yeah. be fair, it's a bit better now. Either you're like a boss ass bitch or you're like the villain. Yeah, uh-huh, completely. And success calls into question your femininity so you can't be like, like you're either like yeah. a like a masculine version of a woman because you've got this kind of yeah. men's power. Many women have try to avoid success basically out of a fear that they'll be rejected or considered less feminine there's all these women who are kind of stifling their potential because they are so scared of being seen as less feminine um so basically as long as women maintains the idea that she's not bright she thinks that she can avoid this kind of societal rejection which i think is just sad it is sad it is sad isn't it so because of these lower expectancies that women have for their own and even other women's performances, you've almost internalised this self-stereotype so and the societal sexual stereotype that women are not considered competent. So it also means that... Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so I don't consider myself to be as competent as men, but I also might not consider you to be as competent as men. Because of this imposter syndrome yeah. stuff? Yeah, because men are Gosh, seen as really being more impactful, able. Isn't it? Yeah, and that is obviously like supports the factors to why men don't suffer from it as much. Also very true. So now you kind of know a bit more about it. Do you feel like there's any times in your life that you have experienced it? Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like it's actually probably been quite like applicable to a lot of things mm. in my life. Like even at work. Like I work at this place in Glasgow. I'm not going to name it, obviously. Yeah, and I worked there for like. Well, I've worked there for like seven months, but because of COVID, I've actually <laughs> done about seven. I've shifts. done about seven shifts. No, I haven't really. I've probably worked there for like a total of like two months shifts or something. But I've basically I have worked as like a waitress in like loads of different places forever. for literally forever for proper a long time. And like I'm not gonna blow my own trumpet, but like I think I'm. You know right, what you're I, doing. I know what I'm doing. Like I can I can carry three plates, guys. Okay, um, yeah. But just when I got to this place, I just decided that I couldn't do it, and that everybody hated me and not that everybody hated me but just like they all thought I was really bad at my job and that I didn't deserve the job and they should have given it to someone else because I'm a terrible waitress and realistically they probably are having none of these thoughts like they probably don't even think that but I've just come to the conclusion in my head that I just can't do it. It's so interesting that you've just said that because Going back to this paper, it says that if there's some kind of new experience, so a new career or a new promotion, that is when your imposter syndrome is triggered. Is it? Oh, okay. So, if you feel like there are expectations of you, you just immediately feel like you can't fulfil those expectations. And you know what? That's literally, like, the trigger. That is literally it as well, because I had a a, um, phone call interview for this job as well, and I remember being on the phone and being like, yeah, like, I'm really good at, like being a barista, being a waitress, like I have loads of experience, blah, 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 blah. And the first day I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to kill me. I'm awful. And don't you think, like, you literally have all those things. I do I that too. have that experience. When you write like, stuff on your CV and then you go for an interview and you're like, yes, I did this, 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 this. And then afterwards I'm like, oh my God, like they're going to know they're that. They're going to expect. That's just a lie. Yeah. And I it's did. not a lie. No, it's not a lie. You actually, you did do that. Like you have that experience it's you just stop doubting yourself like everyone does it but it's so hard not to do it like even in my tutorial the other day for uni we got paired up with people in class and um when the girl I got paired up with was told she was working with me I just decided (laughs) I I just decided that she'd made a funny look and I was like oh my gosh 
we got paired up she she made a funny face she doesn't want to be with me she thinks i'm stupid <laughs> i was like oh my gosh she thinks i can't do the work like she thinks i'm just not gonna help her she thinks i'm stupid and then what did you then say that I, she was actually eating at the time and then i was like ah she was actually like chewing something she wasn't making a funny face at me at all but you do come to these like ridiculous yeah. conclusions that that people just think you're incapable of doing things mm-hmm. and you're not no and i think that it is something that we are always going to deal with and many women are going to deal with like i was reading a bbc article that was talking about michelle obama and in it she says that she still suffers from imposter syndrome really yeah and that it's something that she has always had to deal with um and she talks about how it she thinks it stems from the fact that she's a woman and a black woman but she then states that here is the secret um, she says I have been at probably every powerful table that you can think of I have worked at non-profits I have been at foundations I have worked in corporations served on corporate boards I have been at G summits I have sat in the UN and they are not that smart that's interesting yeah so that is a key example of someone who is just so intelligent so yeah. amazing wonderful and so many people still, look up to her yeah, she still doubts herself that. Um, so we do have to find ways to deal with this. So some of the um, methods that have been suggested are keeping... I know a lot of people do this, actually, like a folder on their computer, which is fo- positive feedback at work. Really? Yeah. So when they get positive feedback from their boss or for their clients, they save it into a folder. Oh, my god! And when they're having a really shit day, they will just go back Open and look at it, it. And they're like, okay, no, like, I do know what I'm doing that's like a really I am more than capable yeah I actually it. think that that's something that I'm going to do in the future because I feel like it's so easy to have everything kind of pile on top of you and you're like oh my god I can't do my job yeah and you have these wee things to look um back at it's also just quite nice having a wee record isn't it yeah definitely um another thing is that if you for example feel like you've fooled people like whether it is into offering you a job or like giving you a good grade or whatever you have to imagine yourself telling that person how you fooled them and imagine how that person would respond so if I was to say like I think that you hired me because I made you think x y and z then they would probably reply that's offensive that you think that I'm not capable of hiring the correct people that's so true and you are actually inadvertently making a judgment on their skill it's their judgment call it's not your judgment call yeah and that's the thing that I think that we need to um, focus on as well. And I think um, another key reason for imposter syndrome sometimes is that attractive women think that it is because of their good looks or their charm or whatever. Oh, we don't like that. Which makes them think that they have got the job. Um, and then they therefore think that they can't be themselves because they just have to kind of... Always live up to that expectation. Yeah. And that, that, that they're, they're there for their, their looks or whatever rather than their opinions. Um, but to combat that, you kind of need to practice making sure that you are, are being forthright with how you feel in your opinions yeah. and the Be drastic yourself. consequences that you think are going to happen when you do that aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like you kind of just get into the habit of being yourself and not focusing on these negative reasons why you think that you got hired and like paying heed to the real reasons, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So those are a few options of how we can combat the big bad old imposter syndrome. Yes, I think they're definitely needed as well. Yeah. So um, on the back of that, we were going to discuss a couple of things that we have been loving, which are related to the topics that we've discussed. So mine is a TED Talk by Brene Brown. I think that's how you pronounce her name. And it is called The Power of Vulnerability. I have also watched this. It's really good. Would 100% recommend. Yeah, it talks a lot about how to be 
confident let being yourself and letting yourself be seen um to love with our whole hearts even with no guarantee and practice gratitude and joy um and believe that we are simply enough yes exactly absolutely love that mine is actually a book we sound really intellectual that ted talks we also watch loads of trashy tv don't get us wrong but uh yeah mine's a book by sarah knight it's called life-changing magic of not giving a fuck i know quite a lot of people have actually read this before i think somebody maybe recommended it to me and i have subsequently recommended it to a lot of other people but basically it's just kind of just freeing your mind to just to not compare yourself to others kind of just don't give a fuck you just you do you boo you know you do your own thing and yeah don't care about what people think of you don't care about what other people are doing just just bloom you know <laughs> i don't know why that word just come out of my mind really funny but <laughs> bloom okay um so yeah i'm loving that book at the moment it's really good so with that being said, I think we have rambled on for quite long enough. Um, yes. And we have decided that we would like to finish every podcast with a cheesy quote a la Charlotte. <laughs> I love a good cheesy quote. Okay, anyone that knows me knows I love a quote. She loves a quote. So this is a time for her to have an outlet for all her cheesiness. Oh, so, it's wonderful. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that you have got something out of it. Um, if you've made it to the end, then I'm impressed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So yeah, so we're going to end on the quote of your life isn't yours if you always care what others think. Boom! (laughs) We hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast and we can't wait to hear you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Hear you in the next one. Why have I just said that?